It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man Heisman and Brett H-Town wheelhouse Chansey. Alrighty, I'm a little thrown off uh, by Brett not being here, but uh, we are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. So we are joined. Um, Brett's on his way. He's come back from the game, and uh, we're being joined by Clay Hensley. Uh, Clay, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at chensley32 on Twitter and uh, at Clay Hensley on Instagram. Alrighty, so this was definitely a much better game for us to talk about. The, the game one was uh, one of those games that you kind of want to forget about. You want to flush down the toilet. But this game was definitely one of those that it's a little bit more uh, easier on the eye, so to speak. One of those that you kind of want to uh, you want to go home and tell your grandkids about and everything. But uh, this was definitely a, a, a from her, I mean, uh, sorry, Jose Kitty definitely understood the assignment. And he came and he took care of business. And speaking of taking care of business, make sure uh, you keep on making the Locked On Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Make sure you keep on subscribing. Keep on giving us a, a two thumbs up and uh, liking it. And or if it's the audio version, make sure you keep on listening on Odyssey, Spotify, uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast, listen to Locked On Astros podcast. So this was an awesome game. Um, what did you see tonight from Jose Arquiti that made him so successful versus the last time he, he pitched? Well, you know, here's the biggest thing is um, 
what, what I like to hear about some of these guys is, you know, when they're leaning, leaning on each other, uh, you know, to kind of get advice of what to do, you know, uh, or Katie did that with uh, some of the other pitchers there on the Houston staff and, and basically was just asking for some advice. Uh, guys like Garcia and those guys, you know, may had a rough outing and how they bounce back. And, um, you know, it's funny because it's very simple, uh, you know, to explain and to do and maybe possibly to give advice to, to somebody like Arkady coming to bounce back, but fill up the strike zone, you know, and that's the key. And that, you know, that's kind of the key throughout the season, but it's a little bit tougher when you got that pressure of a World Series game, uh, you know, after uh, dropping the, the, the first game, uh, six to two against uh, Atlanta, you know, it was going to be um, a tall order for him to come in and kind of sway the tide a little bit. And he did a great job. He filled up the strike zone uh, early on. He threw a lot of fastballs, you know, and, uh, you know, historically speaking throughout the season, he kind of relies on a little bit of the off-speed stuff, throwing the curveball, kind of falls in love with it at times. But he filled up the strike zone with uh, with fastballs, and he started to get the Atlanta Braves hitters off balance, and that's what was the key to success for him tonight. Yeah, definitely. He had seven strikeouts and uh, five innings, and he just looked like he was dominating. I know he allowed a couple – of runners on base in the first inning, but then he struck out the side and uh, he threw a couple, a little bit of pitches, but I think overall he threw 73 pitches. And I think that Dusty Baker probably could have left him in for a little bit longer, but you want this guy for later on in the series. You have a whole bullpen that uh, has been covering for a lot longer in at games because so, Framer Valdez in the game before only lasted what, two and something innings or less than two innings. So right, I think right. I, you got five innings from Jose Arquiti. Be satisfied with that. And I think that's what Dusty Baker did. And I think that he, he set a tone for the Astros team today. Not just that, but just uh, what happened in the first inning uh, where the Astros kind of rallied to get that run. And uh, then Jose Altuve uh, got that home run later on. But there's just a lot to talk about in this game. Um, but uh, big thing is Christian Javier. Christian Javier is kind of becoming this, this kind of um, savior for the Astros bullpen. He's, I know a lot of people wanted him as a starter, but he's kind of coming in and being that bridge towards the back end of the bullpen. Well, without a doubt. And, you know, the good thing about guys like Christian Javier, um, as you can see, look, when he's coming in a situation, a pressure situation, uh, having to kind of fill the shoes that Rikidi kind of started uh, throughout this game, uh, setting the tone and which is the, you know, the starters uh, job to do uh, to go out there, set the tone, give your uh, ball club a chance to win. And then when you're coming out of the bullpen and you're relieving a guy like that, who's going out there and doing his job in a big situation, big game where Houston needs to bounce back, bounce back. Um, you know, look, Christian Javier, like you said, they were looking at possibly being a starter, but the good thing about it is coming into these pressure situations. He's uh he's kind of used to that because he's already been a starter before he's already used to that kind of, the pressure that it comes along with starting a game and, and setting the tone as Akiti did tonight. And so I think coming in, backing up, I think he might've found his place uh, here at the big league level where he's going to find a lot of success. And that's going to be a guy that's going to be a bridge to your uh, back end of the bullpen. If not a setup man for the rest of his career, I see him having a lot of success in this role. Yes. Um, so Arkady went five innings. He allowed the two earned runs. Then you have Javier come in one and one third innings. Then you have Phil Menton come in and uh, pitch two thirds innings. Then uh, you had uh, Ryan Presley come in in the eighth inning. Uh, in this situation, uh, what do you think about Dusty Baker bringing in Ryan Presley to uh, face uh, Albies, uh, Austin Riley, and Soler? Uh, that well, those are kind of the 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 main guys in their lineup. Right, without a doubt. You know, look, and and, and I'm going to probably leave that 
uh, answer to, to Dusty Baker because we could never really tell exactly what the manager's thinking. But in that moment, uh, you know, Dusty Baker felt he was confident enough to bring Presley in. He felt like the matchups and probably looking at some of the statistics uh, for those guys, uh, he felt like it was a pretty good matchup. So he brought him in and, and ultimately, um, you know, Dusty Baker's decision was the, was the right one to call because he went out there and threw a nice right. goose egg. Yeah, then Graveman came in, and uh, I know this wasn't a save situation because the score was uh, it was already out of touch by then. But Graveman came in and um, got the final two outs and or three outs, and it was just a it was just a perfectly played game by Dusty Baker. And sometimes he has those. Sometimes he has those games where it's like, okay, what happened? Uh, I guess game one uh, a lot of the situation. But um, before we kind of move away from the pitching. I do want to address some situations that happened in game one. Uh, what did you see from Frommer Valdez that made him so hittable? Uh, that Because they're making a lot of hard contact in game one. Right, right. Well, look, getting behind in the count and um, not establishing your fastball early on, especially when you're a starter, uh, is, is where you're going to start to get hurt a little bit. You know, if you're not able to kind of start getting that strike one, strike two, that are good quality strikes. I'm not talking about throwing them right down the middle. Uh, for strikes because they're going to tattoo them. But I'm talking about good down and away strikes, establishing that outside corner, being able to open up the inside part of the plate after you do that. Uh, you know, let's see, that's kind of like where the, the Achilles heel comes as a starter. If you're not able to do that, whether it's a World Series game or just a regular season game, uh, guys are going to start jumping on you. These guys are uh, they're paid a lot of money to hit. And uh, especially when you get to the fall classic, it's the best of the best. So you can't really make mistakes. You got to be on top of your game. Uh, I'd probably I'd probably like to attribute a lot of the problems that he had in that game were were getting behind in counts early. I think that, uh, you know, with uh, Jorge Soler uh, dropping the bomb on him early on in the game probably rattled him a little bit, and he probably was playing a little bit on the defensive side as opposed to going out there and pitching with an offensive mindset. Uh, anytime you go out there trying to pitch a, a game at this level, uh, trying not to get hit as opposed to trying to put guys away, you're usually going to have some trouble, and you can kind of see that uh, just by the body language and the way he was pitching, that that was kind of on his mind. Yes. Uh, so um, Charlie Morton left with a fractured uh, fibula. And so he was basically pitching. I think he threw like a total of 10 pitches with uh, that injury. Um, have you ever seen a pitcher like throw in a World Series or in a situation like that with that hurt? <laughs> no, no, I don't think I've ever seen anybody pitch with a broken leg in the World Series. But, you know, look, honestly, um, you know, uh, from, from my standpoint, look, we wish all the, uh, you know, a quick recovery for him. Uh, you, you don't like to see any player get hurt. It doesn't matter which team you're on, especially something of that magnitude that can turn into something that's going to be really serious. But uh, to be honest with you, from the Astros standpoint or, or looking at the way this series, this series shapes up for the rest of the uh, rest of the World Series, for that matter, I, I do see that it's going to probably play a little bit of benefit for the Houston Astros not to have more or not to have to see him uh, healthy because I think he's pretty devastating when he's on his game. Okay, uh, Brett, I hate to do this to you, but uh, you just came back from the ballpark and you came in a vehicle and you probably have the right parts for your vehicle. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> rockauto.com. 
All right, I'll get you for this one. RockAuto.com is the best place to go for all your auto parts needs. They are family-owned business. They've been around for 20 years. Why would you go through the painstaking process of going to a counter where someone behind that counter is going to go to a computer and only look up the parts that they have at their warehouse? No other options. You're going to pay 30, 50, sometimes 100% more. And that's just not going to work because RockAuto.com wants to treat you like family. They want to bring you into the fold and they want you to save money. If you're trying to save money, to repair your brakes, replace a tail lamp, or just replace the carpet on your on your VW van because you're going surfing on the West Coast. It doesn't matter. RockAuto.com is the place to go. It's an easily navigable website. When you go to RockAuto.com and check out, go to the How Did You Hear About Us box and type the words Locked On to let us know. Let them know that we sent you. RockAuto.com, amazing prices, reliable, reliable low prices, amazing website. All your parts you ever need at RockAuto.com. All right, guys. So thank you for making Locked On Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on the YouTube, keep on subscribing, keep on liking us. And whether it's audio version, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, uh, whatever you listen to your podcast, keep on listening to Locked On Astros podcast. Make us your first listen every day. So, Brett, you just got home from the game. How was it? Oh, my gosh. Well, I've got a couple baseballs here. They're not home run balls from the game. So, um, but I did get a ball from Kyle Tucker and I told a Braves bullpen catcher that Dave, that, um, that Dale Murphy was a Braves legend. So he threw me up at baseball. So <laughs> we, you're going to end up getting kicked out of that stadium. If you keep breaking in the locker room and stealing baseball. I know, man. Well, let me tell you what, it, what an experience it was. My experience, it was my first world series game ever. My son's first world series game ever. Awesome. And we had a standing room only seat next to the Conoco home run pump. It was like the DJ was, was killing it. We were squashed in with all, with all these people and it was just, <laughs> it was a magnificent experience watching the Astros team do what Dusty Baker said they would do. They forgot about what they did in game one and they came out and they competed. And what does Altuve do? He gets a key hit. He may only have a few of them, but he gets a key hit when they count. Jose Arquiti, Eric, I said one of the keys to this game was Jose Arquiti had to have a solid game, had to have six-plus strikeouts, and he looked sharp. Outside of that um, solo shot that he gave up, it was it was a magnificent performance. And the pitching picked it up, but the hitting, Martin Maldonado with the RBI single. You know, Jose Siri getting involved in the mix, and that dude's playing with swagger. We, we kept going, are you serious? And, like, just it was – it was amazing. It was total pandemonium in the stadium. And I think for the first time that there's a lot of hope in the last two World Series. Because remember 2019, we went down, not we, the Astros went down 0-2. And there just was not a whole lot of, there was not a whole lot of hope in the air. Tonight, mm -hmm. I think this game has swinged the series in the Astros' favor. And the Braves now have their backs against the wall. Yeah, and they lost their ace, so to speak, and Charlie yeah. Morton. He's not going to be available for Game 5, Game 6, Game 7. So uh, they have Ian Anderson going tomorrow, and um, they threw their second-best pitcher already in Freed, and he got lit up by the Astros. So uh, the Astros may have the upper hand. Uh, they threw Jose Arquiti in Game 2, and he pitched five innings. So now Luis Garcia is going to go in Game 3 in Atlanta. And so we'll see what he does. Uh, so, Clay, uh, I'm sure you watched that game at, from uh, 
Luis Garcia the other day. What can we mm-hmm. expect in Atlanta in that kind of – I'm sure the Atlanta fans are going to bring it in that the harsh uh, atmosphere. What can we expect from Luis Garcia? Well, you know, I, I think you're going to probably get uh, a, a little bit similar of what we saw tonight from Rikidi. You know, um, one thing I can say about the, this Astro staff and, um, you know, albeit, you know, somewhat young for the most part, uh, but, you know, some of these guys are pretty seasoned, you know. I mean, look, this isn't their first postseason appearance uh, over the last four years. These guys have been steadily uh, at the Fall Classic or, or knocking on the door uh, for the last five years. So, this is nothing new. The pressure for them, I don't think it's going to matter too much in terms of, um, you know, going back to Atlanta, dealing with the Braves fans, you know, uh, you know, haven't been there quite a bit uh, playing in that division in uh, from 2010 to two, or 2009 to 2011. Um, uh, Atlanta's fans are awesome. You know, even, even if you're, uh, you know, you're the opposing team going in there, um, the way they react to the game and, uh, you know, doing the chop and all that stuff, it, it still fires you up when you're the opposing club. So, um, I, you know, the nice thing is, is I don't think it's going to be nearly as loud as it is at Minute Maid Park. I'm sure that you kind of saw that tonight, Brett. I mean, it gets loud in there during the playoffs. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be a part of that whole atmosphere. I, I don't think anybody's really thinking about it from the Astro standpoint, as far as um, any pressure from the fans or anything like that. I think more of the pressure just can go in there and uh, kind of repeat what Jose or Kitty has hopefully, uh, you know, kind of set the tone for the club for the rest of the series and, and swung the momentum because, Momentum's everything. And, you know, like you said, uh, like you said, Brett, Atlanta's got their back up against the wall going home right now. You know, when you look at um, the matchup that they that they put in here, um, I was just thinking about this on the way home. You know, if you put Luis Garcia in that spot and he falters and Atlanta possibly walks away up to nothing, then you you are you are really in a hole. And y'all may have covered this um, or Kitty just sets the tone, gives confidence to Garcia, gives confidence that the rest of the team is there to pick him up. And and it's not like Garcia hasn't been in tough situations before. You don't get to this point in the playoffs in the World Series and not have been you know, against the wall as a pitcher. And so Luis Garcia, Clay, one of the things that Eric and I have talked about and chronicled all season long is he has constantly gotten out of tough situations and your guy or Keaty going eight, going, going, going these strong innings, seven strikeouts. It's like that right there is what you need. Someone else does it. Right. Okay. I'm going to do it. And as a pitcher, like you said, do, do you build off of what other guys do from game to game? Does that help? Well, and I was actually, I was going to touch on that too, because you, you hit the nail on the head. Look, it, it's a. I'm not going to say that it's uh, an easier thing to do to follow suit when somebody's kind of set the tone like that. But what it is is it just comes from a more positive foundation, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, look, if they're down two games right now and Garcia is going into Atlanta uh, in two days to pitch, that's a different kind of pressure of going in of trying to like stop the bleeding as opposed to kind of continue to step on their neck. If that, if you understand what I mean, like we're you know Houston Astros are going to be going to Atlanta. Garcia's going to Atlanta. They're all going with the mindset of like, yeah, let's keep going as opposed to like, holy crap, we got to stop this so we can keep going. And, um, you know, both of those are, are, are two different mindsets. They both have almost equally the same motivation, though, because, you know, when, when I was in the uh, World Series and, and, and playoffs, uh, you know, winning the championship division and then winning the National League championship, 
um, we had to live to play another day. So we were coming back from like, hey, you know, with the with the team and the meetings that we were having internally, you know, without the coaches, it was it was more of like, hey, whatever we got to do to score, whatever we got to do uh, to make this happen, uh, even if Bochi doesn't call down the bunt and we know we need to get a runner over, I don't care who's at the plate, let's just get it done. You know, we took it upon ourselves. And that was kind of the way we were able to motivate ourselves. Uh, you know, we felt like all the pressure was on uh, the opposing clubs to try to finish us off. And we were just going to go out there and let it all hang out and play for another day and ultimately ended up working out for us. But I think also going into some of these series, uh, you know, looking back, if we would have gone into maybe some of those games where we were having to uh, clinch uh, and we were up two or we were up three as opposed to down three or down two, um, it would have probably been a little bit uh, more positive atmosphere and, you know, a little bit more exciting in the sense of like, yeah, let's get this done as opposed to like, you know, I don't know if we don't get this done, we're going home. And that's never a good, good feeling to play, uh, you know, I guess playing like that, but same time too, it's all depends on the club. You know, I mean, sometimes guys playing with their back against the wall is what they need. And some guys sometimes going out there, uh, you know, stepping on the other guy's neck is what they need. And I, I think Garcia, you know, look, looking at what he's done, look, what he had poor starts against the white Sox, uh, poor start against the red Sox. And, uh, you know, those, that's the ALDS and ALCS respectively. Those are big games. And, and to be able to bounce back and essentially earn the win to clinch it, uh, you know, in the ALCS in game six, you know, that kind of tells me a lot about the guy's makeup and that he's able to do that. That shows me that he's, he's really kind of got that more veteran aspect where he's able to let some of those losses go down the drain with the shower and get ready for tomorrow. And that's really hard to do at this point of the game uh, when you're playing for the World Series and you're, you're finally getting there. So I, I don't think – anything that has happened in the past in a negative aspect is going to really affect Garcia's game going in there in Atlanta and here in two days. Yeah. So uh, after the game, Jose Altuve said that this was a must win today. I think the Astros felt like this was a win. You had to get those uh, at least one victory at home before you go to Atlanta. And Jose Siri apparently told uh, Altuve after game that he needs to have a little bit more bling, bling, and so he gave him, he took one of his rings off his finger and said, here, Jose, here's a ring. So you can have some bling. And so there uh, there's literally a picture of him, like giving Jose Altuve a ring. So, <laughs> well, hey, if that's not a motivator, I don't know what is. Like, you know, and that's it. And that's the thing, Jose Siri, um, I didn't, I didn't have the fortunate, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the ability to actually interview him um, during the season. I, I talked with him once, kind of kind of took a little selfie with him after I interviewed Jake Myers. But every time I talked to the front office and the PR guys for the Sugarland Skeeters, they said he's a 26-year-old. He's a 12-year-old and a 26-year-old body. All he wants to do is, like is play baseball. And I saw a tweet from, from a random verified journalist from out of town he said i think jose siri really enjoys playing baseball his attitude is infectious and when you put him in over mccormick you're like it's because he's a lightning rod it's because he's excitable it's because after a down game you need that spark and sometimes those young unproven guys they have so much more to offer because they're just there for the moment and that brings it back to like it it really makes you just appreciate how great the game of baseball is compared to other sports. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. And, you know, like to touch on that, hey, I have always said this too. So opening day, uh, you know, look, when you get drafted and you play professional baseball and you're fortunate enough to possibly get to the major leagues and play there for an extended period of time, 
um, it turns into a business real quick and it can turn into a grind real quick. I mean, trust me, it's a blessing and I'm sure myself and I'm everybody that's played the game uh, at that level is very thankful and appreciative for having that opportunity. But I will tell you, it does turn into a grind, especially when you start having kids and a family and it's not about yourself. So you kind of start to lose sight is what I'm saying uh, of the, of that fun aspect that you have whenever you were a kid playing baseball and, you know, imagining you were a Ken Griffey Jr. and stuff like that. Like I used to at Pearland high school when I was playing center field. And I will say this opening day, you have that feeling that's that, that feeling that you had when you were five years old. And it was just like, man, this is awesome. I just want to play baseball. And then whenever you get to the playoffs, that, that feeling comes back again. And that's one thing I enjoyed about the playoffs more than anything is I, that feeling that I got when I was five years old, uh, you know, playing baseball or pick up baseball with any of the guys around the neighborhood, pretending we were somebody that was playing baseball uh, at the big league level. We, it was resurrected. And, and, and you can see that in Siri, you know, I, I would probably say that, you know, a lot of the veteran guys probably are looking at that and being like, oh, yeah, let, yeah, let's have some fun, you know, because you usually play your best when you're having fun. And obviously the pressures of the game always come with it at this point of the game, uh, at this point of the season, uh, especially when you're you know playing it for the ring at the end of the day. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you have to remind yourself, look, go out there and have fun, you know, and I think that's probably why you see uh, Dusty Baker going with uh, with that with, with him a lot, because it's a situation where it's just like, look, He's out there having a good time. He's having fun. He's taking it serious, but he's also playing the game and having a good time. And Dusty Baker's been around long enough that usually when you guys out there uh, enjoying what he's doing, you're going to get the best out of him. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like uh, trying to get the best out of uh, your bets. So talk to us about betonline.ag, Brett. So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. If you haven't watched this new Houston Rockets team, let me tell you, they are young, they are fast, they shoot a lot of threes, and they are very talented. So go to Bet Online. They remain your number one sport for all basketball and football action this season. Now the Texans just traded Mark Ingram. I don't know what they're thinking there, but hey, go ahead and make some prop bets there as well. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All righty. So, Brett, you were the man on the scene. And I know in the fourth inning, we had a lot of, we had the four runs scored in that inning. I believe that was when Jose Siri beat out the single, the, yeah. the, the run and uh, the, the throw to first base. And then he also capitalized on the error and scored. And uh, he was really pumped up and he was pumping up the crowd. It was kind of like a gladiator moment. What was it like to be there, part of that crowd? It was unbelievable. When he got on base, people went nuts. I mean, when he was, because we were in center field right behind him, we we're yelling at him the whole night. And he kind of every once in a while would kind of acknowledge us. But it was total pandemonium, especially when he got home on that error. And I mean, everybody's like, oh, I love Siri. Are you, we're in the world serious? And like they were trying to use <laughs> his name Siri in every moniker or like little catchphrase. The, the, hey, how many times did you hear hello Siri? Exactly right. Right. You know, like phones are going off. But here's the thing, Eric, this is what I noticed. I forgot halfway through that game that the roof was open. 
it felt like the roof was still closed. And I've been in that stadium. I was in the 18 inning game when we beat the Braves with the walk-off home run with Chris Burke. I was at the Albert Pujols game when he crushed that home run. And I know how loud it was before that home run hit, before that bat hit the ball and all that stuff. And I, I, for a while there, I forgot. I was like, wait, the roof is still open. Oh my gosh. Like it is deafening. That place was absolutely rocking. And Jose Siri is the type of player that the Astros needed tonight. You need your young guys. When your vets are struggling, this is why baseball is a team sport. And it takes everybody one through nine to contribute big or small, one hit or four hits, it doesn't matter. If it's a key hit, great job. Yeah, Siri did it, man. He got – that place was absolutely jumping. It was nuts. Yep, yep. No, it, you're absolutely correct in that in that uh, assessment right there because here, here's where it comes down to, like you said, when you're veterans or, uh, you know, maybe struggling for whatever reason, um, you look, that's why they have the roster to set the way they do. And they bring the guys up that they do uh, and they have confidence in them because their their expectation is not to go up there and, uh, you know, hopefully work it out. The expectation is like, hey, look, if something happens here, you're going to be the next guy to fill these shoes and you need to fill them with success. So uh, to see these guys do that and answer the call, um, you know, it's got to make the brass there at Houston pretty excited about this. Yeah. So uh, Dusty Baker on Jose Siri, he said speed kills. That was some exciting stuff Siri did. You've got to be daring and can't be afraid to make mistakes. And uh, Dusty Baker on the Astros, they they expect to play well. They expect to do good things. And also, uh, he said on um, the game, you never really feel comfortable during these playoffs and World Mm -hmm. Series. You always want more. And uh, Dusty Baker's on the fans, including you, Brett. They knew we needed this game. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And one of the things I heard, Dusty, I don't know if you if you covered this, Eric, you know, right before I jumped on. But um, Matt Thomas on the 10th Inning Show um, played some of Dusty's press conference. And they asked him about Jose Altuve. And he said, you know, he's a professional and, and he, he may not have a ton of hits, but every one of his hits is his last three home runs have been huge for us. And, and so he's a professional. He's going to go out there and he's going to do everything he can. He may not go out there and go four for four, but at the end of the day, he's one of the best guys to do it. And he is one of the ultimate pros on the field. And, and so that's, that's why he's in the lineup. That's why we have him in there every day. And so Dusty Dusty and the players have bought into each other. And, you know, Clay, if you've seen any of the shows, you've seen that I have been kind of hypercritical of Dusty's moves, Dusty's bullpen moves. Yeah, not me, right? But at the end of the day, when players validate who he is and what he means to the team, what I'm saying is just commentary because what goes on in the clubhouse is different from what may be a perceived reality from an outside observer. You played for Dusty Baker. Um, like give us a synopsis like is he as laid back as he appears or is that is that a moniker that that he throws out there but like he's really intense and if he is calm does he take that and use that to his advantage with the players well you know uh i will say this so you know how i love the fish and hunt uh and pretty uh serial about it you know if you know what i'm saying uh, Dusty Baker was the is and has been the only person who's ever got me to eat fried bass. 
uh, when we, we were together in spring training in Arizona. So he's got a unique ability to get uh, players to do things that they may not typically do, but at the end of the day, they end up loving to do. So, um, you know, he's one of those guys that is exactly what you get. Um, he's about as uh, cool as a cucumber as they come. And he's a, he's a player's manager. And I think there's very few of those around, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, his, his, his pedigree and his resume speak for itself. So that automatically, that automatically uh, garners the respect as a player when uh, he's manning the ship as your skipper. And uh, for the most part, you know, look, fr from a manager standpoint uh, and from a player standpoint, for that matter, when we're looking at our skipper uh, throughout the season, uh, you're going to have your highs and lows, obviously. And, uh, you know, you're always going to be in the weeds, so to speak, but you're just never going to be too high or too low. And uh, that's exactly what you get out of Dusty Baker. You, you know, it's one of those things where he's always going to back the players. Uh, he'll call you out when it needs to be done uh, in a very respective respect respectful and um i guess uh admirable way to where you are if you are that player that happens to be called out it's not something that you're really going to take uh the wrong way you're going to take it as like hey you know i need to tighten this up uh and, and do this for him so um he was an awesome manager to play for and i think he was a perfect fit whenever the houston Astros brass brought him in and a perfect guy to lead a young ball club uh to where like i said as soon as he walked in the door the respect uh, was there because of, uh, you know, what he's done for the game and what, how long he's been in the game. And uh, those, if you're if you're a rookie or you're a young guy on this ball club or any ball club, for that matter, that Dusty Baker walks in the door, uh, you know, you'd be wise to, to listen to what he's got to say because he's going to steer you in the right direction. And uh, it was very big in this situation. Martin Maldonado, he's kind of been a great asset as a, on the defensive side, but he got a big hit today. And uh, I know that it, it actually scored two runs because of the error, but uh, it's it, it was a big, it was kind of the, op the game uh, winner, the game opener. It kind of blew open the game at that point. But Martin Maldonado had a big hit, and then he would eventually score another run. And so Martin Maldonado even got, got in on a hit parade today. And so if the, if the whole lineup is hitting except for Alex Bregman like it did today, this team can be very, very dangerous. And so I know that uh, we'll probably see Chaz McCormick back in the lineup Maybe uh, on uh, wait is Ian Anderson lefty or righty? He's right hand, right hand. So we'll probably see Chaz McCormick back in the lineup on uh, Wednesday. On sorry, on Friday. But yes, on uh, Friday, yeah, yeah. So I, mm -hmm. I think we'll probably see Chaz McCormick back in there. But it was so great to see Jose Siri, uh, his energy, his excitement out there, and, and so it was good. No, oh no, I'm sorry, I did not mean to interrupt. I just think that he is a late inning I mean he is a late season call up. He's a rookie. He's been in the minors for seven and a half, almost eight seasons. And how key is it for a guy like that to come on the world's biggest stage and perform and actually have at bats and 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 plays and just be a key part of the playoff success of the of the, of the Houston Astros that mm -hmm. bodes that that just goes to show you the depth and the quality and the great work that they do down there in Sugarland and in their other minor I mean the Astros minor league system better get ranked higher than oh. like you know fifth of the bottom ha have they changed the rankings because they deserve to be a lot higher than they are Oh, Larry actually reminded me uh, we're going to be playing in Atlanta and I've been talking about this on podcast. So I totally forgot. We're going to have Alvarez in left field 
and then you'll probably have um, Michael Brantley in right field, and then oh. you'll probably have Kyle Tucker in center oh, field. Oh, Tucker. Okay. Durr. No, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, Chaz McCormick yeah. just, 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 makes just sense because of the pitcher. Leading hitter all season. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you right. can't exactly. take Alvarez out of the lineup. So I forgot that we're going to Atlanta and that stupid rule of no DH. I mean, I, I remember when we went to the American League, I'm like, DH, this is stupid. And now yeah, we, we go to the World Series. I'm like, oh, no DH? What is this? Right. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tucker. Tucker just uh, the, leading the Astros in every offensive category this season. But he'll be in there. Oh, yeah. No, he, I mean, he's he's got to be. But, you know, here's the thing, too. The Braves – you do have to give them credit because they they have gotten here. Oh, to, yeah. They they have been one of the hottest teams in baseball, and it's great to cool this team off because I heard George Soler last night on the on the post game um, after game one, and he said, and he was talking to Pedro Martinez. They were translating through Spanish, and he basically said this: because we beat the Dodgers, we now have this confidence. We went through the Dodgers and their best pitchers. They had to give wow. us. And yeah. we were able to win. So they came in with armor on. They came in with a with their chest puffed out like we're supposed to be here. Not, oh, my gosh, we're playing the Astros in their third World Series in five years. They didn't give two no. craps about that in game one. When they go when we go when when the Astros go back to Atlanta, it's going to be a reset for them. But the Astros, I still think at the end of the day, have more in the tank, have more to offer and ultimately come out. And Eric, I'm still thinking they clinch in game six. And now I'm really regretting not getting game six tickets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, that speaking of Solaire, um, that ball that Michael Brantley caught, I know everybody was uh, freaking out, and ex- especially Ryan Presley's mom, because she was like, oh my God, uh, this is, this is, she was on Twitter just saying this is more stressful than anything. But I think, it, I think that if the roof was closed, that probably would have been a home run. And uh, I know there's a weatherman that said, well, uh, it's because the um, dry air is heavier than humid air and the ball doesn't carry well and the dew point. And, and they said that he, he gave all these reasons. He said the ball, the, the ball doesn't carry well in dry air. Is that what he said? Yeah, he said that it may have stayed yeah. in the ballpark because humidity in Houston had plummeted since yesterday and the roof <laughs> is open. Dry ask air is heavier. They, ask than, him what the people in Arizona think. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he said that the whatever, but he said that he thinks that because the roof was open, that 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 uh, the ball actually fell a little bit short. But, well, but you know, it Larry, looked like it was gone. Well, in. And Larry, the GM, actually made that comment earlier. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it scroll up the screen. He said, the roof being open, save that from being a home run. I mean, you to me, well, you got the humidity, wind, you got the wind. wind. Yeah, 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 there was some wind tonight. Um, the bottom line is it didn't go out. So guess what? Yep. Matter. Let's let's you move know, on. Right. Those those right. runs yeah. wouldn't have mattered, but it could have been the start right. of a big rally. Or oh, something. No, right yeah, for sure. It could have changed everything. And, hey, the, the way I look at it is that he just didn't get it. He didn't get it. You know, like the wind was supposed to be blowing a little bit. There was actually some concern about that uh, from manager Dusty Baker uh, because look, in the reality, uh, most of the time that they're in the playoffs or they're in a big game like this, the roof is usually shut for for purposes that uh, have nothing to do with weather, right? It's just to be super loud out there. And it's, it's deafening when you're out there on the field. I've heard it. And I, I think that there was also, you know, as much as uh, that they, that might have played in that particular situation where the ball didn't get out, I don't think it played too much, to be honest with you. I don't agree with that. It was because it was a dry air 
uh like it, it didn't go out he just probably didn't get it to be honest with you if right. it was windy though if it was windy that wasn't a concern for for dusty baker because look the bottom line is the astros aren't used to playing in windy conditions and to to kind of like uh get their feet wet or cut their teeth so to speak with a very windy evening of what they expected it to be which it wasn't uh was something that was kind of making uh baker a little nervous about this but look here at the end of the day uh i'll, I'll be honest with you um what what happened tonight was uh, Urquidy set the tone and kept kept them off balance. Uh, there's been a lot of the Braves players uh, quoted saying as such uh, after the game, and that's going to be the key to success moving forward. I would not count this situation out to where the uh, Braves are, you know, uh, Houston's going to go into Atlanta and just continue to dirt roll them. Uh, like Dusty said, um, these games do make you nervous. I mean, I've, I've, I've sat and watched these games and everybody's like, oh, you know, Houston's out of it. You know, last night even uh, talking about how they were out of it early. And I said, look, it's not over. Trust me, the, the momentum can swing in one inning. Uh, you know, we saw that in the second inning tonight, you know, where it wasn't a momentum swinger. It was just continue to step on the gas, but it definitely took the wind out of the sails for the Atlanta Braves. And it's things like that that end up making the ball game. Um, the, the Atlanta Braves lineup is a very stout lineup. They beat a very, very good club uh, with some solid pitching uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers to move on to the world series. And so I, I wouldn't be going into Atlanta and taking this very lightly from a player no. standpoint. And, you know, from the fan standpoint, I would say that, um, look, just, we, we got to continue to go out there and keep the uh, Atlanta Braves hitters off balance. If the Astros do that, I think they'll have success. I think if they don't uh, watch out, Atlanta's got a good lineup, man. And these guys could, came out to play as well. We just shut them down tonight. So, Hey, I'm going to make a real quick note, Eric, just, just something I picked up on pregame during the Astros batting practice. Um, someone was up to bat and they were just crushing home runs and I know it's BP, right? But they were hitting the ball like extra hard. It was going extra. I was like, who is this? It was Libnus Diaz. This guy is chomping at the bit. I think to, to, to contribute. And I think in these three games in Atlanta, you're going to see Diaz come up and he's going to have a key pinch hit moment um, in one of these three games in Atlanta. Diaz right now is just, gosh, he absolutely obliterates the baseball. Again, I know it's, I know it's, you know, BP, but he was hitting it harder than Solaire was. He was hitting it harder than Jordan and BP. It was insane how fast that ball was flying off his bat. So be be looking for Diaz to come in and um make it make a key play, get a get a key RBI or something coming up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and hey, real quick, I want to say this. Remember last year uh when we were discussing Altuve and I and you were kind of like, man, I don't know if he's lost it or whatever the deal was and the hitting, you know, he wasn't hitting or whatever. Hey, we got to give it up to uh Altuve, you know, becoming uh uh, you know, getting on that short list of postseason home runs uh, tied, um, you know, with Bernie Williams and following up uh, Manny Ramirez uh, with 29, you know, Altuve making it 22 home runs in the postseason. That's legit. And, uh, you know, just want to send a nice little kudos to him for that because that's a big feat. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. So you must have been just reading my mind there, dude. Um, so, yeah, so Manny Ramirez has 29 and Jose Altuve has 22. So, yeah, it's going to take a little while for Altuve to catch it, but uh, I think that he there's possibly that he could do it. And what did he do it on at first pitch? Um, and uh, Brian Sticker uh, said that he's – been known to do that yes he's done that a lot this year so uh yeah so uh, real quickly the astros uh will be having day off a travel day they'll be going to uh, atlanta then they'll be having luis garcia 
with 11-8 record, a 3.48 ERA during the regular season, facing Ian Anderson, who is 9-5 with 3.58 ERA. Uh, we're probably not going to have a lot of time to do predictions, but um, Brett, you and I will talk about it tomorrow. But Clay, just real quickly, who do you think get, gets game three? Uh, I'd like to see the Houston Astros continue uh, on the wave that they're at. Garcia follows two with Orkini, so I got Astros game three. Okay. All right, Brett, you and I can talk about it tomorrow, but that's all we got in this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Make sure you check in with us tomorrow. Uh, we'll, uh, we may be doing a crossover with the uh, Braves guy, and uh, make sure you keep on uh, making us your first listen every day, and go Strokes. Thank you, Clay, for joining, by the way. Right. Anytime, man. I'll see y'all tomorrow night. <laughs> All right. Bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.